Welcome to Sacred Leadership. I am Sacred Tassias, leadership coach, author, medicine woman, and entrepreneur. And you found the podcast where conscious leaders discuss and explore topics around modern business, ancient wisdom and spirituality, personal development, and success strategies to help you bring more depth to your leadership and create the life and business of your dreams while serving humanity and the earth. Today's guest is one of my favorite women, someone that I truly love, someone I've been in rooms facilitating coaching with, I have been to Burning Man with, I've been in ceremony with, I've traveled with, someone that I truly admire for her deep integrity with the work. Michelle Giovanni is on a mission to teach women how to create their dream empire, a life that has everything they want from love, purpose, impact, service, connection, joy, success. As she says it, their vision of success, their version of success. And over the last 15 years, she has gone from nothing to being a serial entrepreneur on a mission to unleash greatness everywhere she goes. Her story, it's nothing short of amazing. She went from running away from an abusive situation as a teen to another country and being homeless in the streets of New York to becoming a serial entrepreneur, building multiple successful businesses in transformation and personal development as a spiritual business mentor and facilitator of transformational trainings, as well as in real estate, a supply business, an online fashion and accessory store, and many other projects she's got in store. So we share about this, about her story, her way of building, going from nothing to what she has created now, which is super inspiring. And more things to tell you about Michelle. She's a content creator, filmmaker, and travels the world as a global speaker. She's a certified life and business coach, as well as a certified transformational trainer and the author of 108 self-love rituals. She firmly believes that there is no dream that is too big to conquer and our desire to serve, persevere and thrive will always transform any circumstance into a greater story of triumph and glory. In my opinion, she's a true testament to that, and I couldn't be more excited to share with you guys this amazing episode where we gem on all things mystic leadership, building successful seven-figure businesses while being anchored and grounded in a deep connection to ourselves and to source, accessing deeper integrity in our lives and leadership, and why is it so important? How to tap into your intuition and trust it fully and much, much more. We really went all in in this conversation, so make sure to keep listening for a deep, insightful convo that can offer you so much. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. I love to be able to share you with my audience. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, 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 thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Yeah, it is my honor, my pleasure. Let's get right into it. I've already shared with the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and yet there's so much more I could literally speak for a So <laughs> I know you have an incredible story that in my opinion speaks a lot about why you can so powerfully support others to see past any limitations. And I'd love for you to share a bit about your journey with us. 
Yeah, no, thank you. So my story begins in a beautiful island where you and I uh, have experienced Dominican Republic. And I love, you know, it. I love my country. It's such a beautiful country. Um, but I was living a nightmare as a child, seeing my mother get physically abused in very extreme ways. And what ended up happening, sorry, those are my dogs in the back. But That's what okay. ended up happening is that I, you know, eventually after five years of seeing that, I grew very rebellious and I decided to run away. And I bought a one-way flight, no suitcase, no purse, and made my way to New York City. And I was homeless for about three months and no one knew that I was homeless. Um, a few of my friends had emailed me and at that time, social media email wasn't as big as now, but in the homeless shelter, there was a computer and we all had shared time on it. And the email was, hey, we're going to New York for college, come with us. And so just to put it in perspective, like when you're homeless and, you know, I was eating from trash cans at times, I was sleeping in parks, it was super cold. It was my first winter ever and I was not dressed for it <laughs> at all. Um, wow. But I, college was not at the forefront. College wasn't even a thought. So when they put that into my field, I was like, yes, let's do this. And from that moment on, I made a pact with myself that I was going to make each moment count in the sense that I had rebelled so much in high school and I was doing drugs and alcohol and partying that I didn't really like, I felt like I hadn't accomplished much, right? I was too busy avoiding life and facing off with the things that were happening. So I was numbing myself and I went to college. I graduated with a triple major um, in finance and marketing and business. And I got a job it was my dream job at the time, working at this New York Stock Exchange. I had the job, right? I had the dream, but mm -hmm. I was miserable because it felt like I was, I had worked so hard to go to a corporate job and that felt like a prison. It felt like a jail. Yes. And so I felt like I was dying a slow death. And I just remember going through a really hard time, which was beautiful. It was, when I look back, it was as rough as it was, it was my moment of awakening because it was mm -hmm. so like deeply asking those questions. Like, what am I here for? What is my purpose? This can't be it. I knew in my heart that I wanted to make a big difference ever since I was a little girl, I would say that, but it felt like I had, like I was this rebel without a cause. And so this period of like deeply asking those uncomfortable questions and just sitting in the question, which can be really uncomfortable if you haven't done yes. any work. Um, <laughs> but that was like, for me, when I landed into coaching and that was, I say by divine interference, because mm -hmm. I didn't know what life coaching was. I didn't even know it existed, but I had this deep passion for serving and making a difference with people. And in fact, friends of mine from college have told me that I just found the title for what I would always do because that's who I was for people. I was always like the voice of reason and the one people would come to when they had hard times. And it was like 
I was that person that represented trust and bravery and courage and would give them that permission so to like, what do they want? You know, how can you go for it? Don't set dead ends for themselves. So that was a beautiful confirmation. But here's what happened with the coaching industry. It just felt like the centers at that time where I was coaching a lot of people in this particular body of work, it felt really limiting. Like I couldn't do it my way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I remember learning the business because they had sent me to Spain with a group of people to coach so many people in Spain and Sevilla. And I like fell in love with the business side of it. And I was like, oh, fuck, I could do this. I can. And it literally it was one of those moments where like, oh, this is why I did a triple major. This is why, you know, I've learned from my mom. <laughs> Everything made sense. Right. And so from that point on, I just started working and developing, creating my own business. And then one business led into another business. The failure of that business led into another business. And then before you know it, like I've just been on this like journey of building multiple different businesses in very completely different areas. So they range from real estate and import business. And uh, I have an online fashion accessory store and personal development. That was always like my passion. So mm-hmm. that one's there too. So all of these like different businesses in different industries, but all with a genuine desire to serve and support people and getting to that next step. Yes. I love that. I love, I've heard, I've heard this story and I feel it's so powerful. That's why I really wanted you to share with us because it speaks about really what's possible. And seeing beyond what isn't, because obviously going from being homeless to to graduating at college is something that that most people could see as impossible, right? So mm-hmm. I love to I love to connect with people that are really testimonials of the impossible being possible, if that makes sense. And you're one of these people, so thank you. Hearing that, I wonder what could you say was the biggest takeaway from this experience? I know you must have learned so much from it and you've shared some of the um, lessons that you learned. But what would you say is the biggest takeaway you got from this whole experience? Oh, that's such a great question. I love that question. I, When I started early on with the coaching, I got a lot of stick to one thing, Michelle. You can't be the coach and the businesswoman um, stick to one thing. You can't do youth speaking and coach adults, right? And it was, I got a lot of, Michelle, you're going to be master of none and jack of all trades. And I think one big lesson is like, if you have multiple passions, honor them. You may, mm-hmm. it may take slower to brew, but trust there is a, success recipe in your madness. And so trust yourself, trust your passion. They're all connected and they're all going to make sense one day. Um, and what I loved about like my twenties in getting to college and you're right in my family, I was the first to graduate from college from my entire family. And so I think that making decisions on the fly and like really trusting spirit because I had such a turbulent childhood. I was blessed to like develop a relationship with spirit from early on. 
And um, I think I was always like a mystic in a closet because as you would know, in our culture, to have that mysticism is like, oh my God, you're a bruja, you're a witch, you're, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's frowned upon, it's, it's so taboo. So I kept it to myself because I didn't want people to call me crazy, right? Yes. Um, but I always honored those nudges. So running away was a big nudge. And going to college was like a big nudge from spirit and just really tuning into those messengers and like being open to that message coming from anywhere that spirit is always guiding you. If you fully trust yourself and you cultivated that relationship with spirit to guide you. Yes. Yes. I am a full stand for that. A hundred percent agree, <laughs> as you know, and yeah. For those listening that may think, well, I would love to develop a relationship with spirit. I would love to know what my intuition is saying and trust it, but I don't even know how to get started. What would you say to them? Ooh, so good. So I would say start spending time with yourself, Mm -hmm. like really get to know yourself. It's not by accident that all of these different religions start with who are you? Know thyself, right? So really get curious, like who you are beyond the labels, who you are beyond what you do, beyond who needs you, right? Like get super present to yourself as a priority. And then you'll start listening to the messages that your soul brings, your inner source being that has a complete blueprint and you feel it through the feelings, right? Like when you're out and about and you get that feeling like, wait, turn here. Look at that. Right. Just follow that trail that makes you listen and, um, and attune to the voice of the soul that has no words, but speaks primarily through what you're feeling. Yes. And I feel like one thing that, um, and I share this often, one thing that a lot of people tend to think is that we need to learn more and know more and practice more techniques and have more resources to find ourselves. And what I find over and over again is that we just need less. We need to do less. We need to speak less. We need to consume less. It's all about the being in a space of stillness and spaciousness so that we can find those answers. So I love that you say that because I do think that the way or the most powerful, easiest way to cultivate a relationship with something that's greater than us, it's through cultivating our relationship with ourselves. And that can't happen mm-hmm. when we're constantly in the move and constantly being um, moved by everything that's happening externally. And that's something that today's world, I view it as one of today's world diseases, really. It's like we're so encouraged to look at what's happening outside of ourselves, what others will think, what others will say, what others will do, what others, others, others. And one of the greatest teachings I've received from one of my back in the days yoga teachers, and I share this very often. So you guys listening may have heard me say these or talk about these um, before. And the lesson is what others, which to me, it's so powerful. I'm sure you will agree, Michelle, is what Mm -hmm. others just really cultivating that, knowing that there is no others and that everything in life, it's happening to teach us about us. Wow. So cultivating that to me, it's one of the most powerful ways to live an aligned life. And 
talking about alignment, Michelle, you're one of the most grounded, aligned women I've ever had the pleasure to meet. And being a serial entrepreneur while traveling the world, speaking and facilitating transformational workshops is definitely not the most relaxed lifestyle. So what helps you deal with all the responsibility and let's call it as it is, stress, stress that business can generate at times with so much grace and alignment? Thank you. I I really, that means a lot, especially coming from you. I think, you know, don't get me wrong. I have my chaotic moments too, right? Like entrepreneurship, it's just dealing with what is as is without adding story or meaning to it. But if you make yourself a priority, and I think that's what's really what I've learned throughout the journey is like really reclaiming my power and making myself a priority to one pray to do my own form of meditation, whether it's dancing, whether it's walking through nature, whether it's sitting in stillness, as you said, doing that to start my day. And I always start my day with prayers, always like prayer is so important and vital to me. And I just ask spirit to lead the way. And so from that space of like spirit, speak through me, create through me, lead me, tell me where to go, tell me what to say and to whom that guidance, that full trust that I'm being guided has me navigate through my days. And yup, sometimes ego pops in and like, what the fuck? Those <laughs> what the fuck moments, right? But those are also necessary because I, I think the more we are fully authentic with how we feel moment to moment, the less baggage we bring into the next moment because we're just fully complete in every moment. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. Fully agree. And the reason why I remember when I messaged you and I was like, come to my podcast, let's speak about mystic leadership. <laughs> and yes, one of the reasons why I created this podcast and um, I keep on, it, it keeps on, seem, it seems like I keep on bringing this up in each episode where I'm like, yes, this is why I created this podcast. And <laughs> it's true. I feel like we really get to bridge those worlds, business and spirituality. And I feel like the world now requires for us to do so. And I'll explain. We live in a world where it's no longer it's no longer possible for us to think that without having a voice, without having an influence, will we have, um, will we be able to create an impact? And yes, on a spiritual, energetical level, we will. I 100% believe in the power of prayer alone, in the power of meditation alone, in the power of those beings that hold the ground energetically for the earth. And this is completely necessary. And yet there are so many people out there that have big voices that are being heard and followed by a lot of people that have big quantities of money that sadly it's what rules the world right now, that if there is not more of us stepping up and creating a lifestyle or a businesses that allow us to also have a voice out there in the world to also have resources, financial freedom, so that we can put our money into places where it's needed. In my opinion, we won't move fast enough. So ultimately, everything will be fine. 
even if we all die and the world ends and I'm just going to like the very negative side of things, I don't believe that's going to happen. But even if all of that happened, our souls will be fine. We will return to the ultimate, to eternal love and consciousness. And I believe we will be okay. And yet while we're living this human experience, I see there is a lot of so-called leaders that are focusing on how to be heard and praised and applauded and have the most money and just leaving people without needing, without knowing where they are leading them. So this is why I'm so passionate about speaking mystic leadership, because I believe the combination of both, it's super powerful. And there are not that many people out there yet, yet we're coming, but there are not that many people yet doing that. And I meet a lot of people that are either really grounded in their integrity and their commitment to devotedly serve the world, their passion and their connection, or people that are in business, going with the world's grind and making a lot of money, pushing, hustling, but missing that, liking that. So there is many of us that are breaching those worlds. And yet, in my opinion, there's not enough. So I love that you are such an embodiment of that, of how you can definitely generate um, big results and money through having several businesses and travel the world, supporting and facilitating and doing so much, being in the front light, and yet also being so grounded and connected to spirit, also getting out of the way and allowing spirit to guide you, allowing yourself to be a vessel for the divine to be expressed and to heal and support in this earth. So to me, the work that you do is next level. I have nothing but words of admiration and and gratitude for what you do. And this is why I wanted to bring this conversation here, because I personally haven't yet met a lot of people that are in this position. I have epic friends, most of my friends are in this position, likely. Um, but yes, this is something that we all get to hear that we don't need to fear money. We don't need to run away from it. We can let go of the idea that having multiple businesses or being successful in the business world means not having integrity and being corrupted. I know this is a limiting belief that a lot of spiritual people have. And then also we can let go of the idea that hustling and action, 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 business, business, business will take us somewhere, forgetting that we are first spiritual beings. So I want to hear more about that. You're just the embodiment of this. So tell us, I I like, I call you mystic mama. I had it here, mystic mama. (laughs) I know that when it comes to spirituality, you have a lot to say. So how has having such a devoted spiritual practice impacted your life, your business, and your capacity to lead powerfully and with integrity? Thanks, Abdet. Thank you so much. That's so beautiful. I love this intro. I'm going to like snip it and use this as my intro for everything. (laughs) (laughs) I think that because I experienced such hardship at a young age and I was able to develop that, that mystical relationship with spirit. I knew that there was more to the world than just what we could see with the naked eye. Like I could see the dimensions and the different beings. And I would talk to all these things. Right. And 
I think that helped me at a young age understand that we are spirit beings having a human experience and that our human experience is our spiritual essence. It's completely dependent of our spiritual essence. And so there's like different, like you said, multiple worlds happening at the same time. And so if we got that our spiritual foundation, our spiritual essence is projecting and creating our entire human experience, Mm. a lot of people are operating backwards, right? Where they are putting the cart before the horse in trying to get the money to attain that validation, that significance, that meaning. But if you really cultivate that meaning from within about who you are and what your life is about, then you're off to the races because that the the world is going to start mirroring back to you what you stand for and what essence you've been cultivating all along. And so I think that a lot of people, and I agree with you, I do see a lot of people in personal development create this like egoic bubble around them and they're preaching all the right thing, but the energy is off, right? And the energy behind the intention is completely off. And so if you're preaching abundance and spirituality and this and that, I would say that that comes off to me as like false light teaching. And there we got to be very careful, especially when we are in the consumer hat, because there's so much information. And I would say disinformation, even though it's being mimicked and parroted from actual distinctions that you and I both agree on, like win-win and abundance and you know, love is all we are. But at the end of the day, if they're preaching it from an energy that's completely fragmented and deeply rooted in scarcity and unconscious um, energy patterns, then that, it doesn't matter how beautifully packaged and marketed it is, it's it's creating a lot of harm Mm -hmm. because people are not only consuming your product, they are consuming your energy and energy is contagious. It, it is contagious. It is what we are selling, which is our energy, ourself, how we are being. People don't want your self-love coaching program, Sigrid. They want what you represent for them. And that is your energetic stance. That's your energetic signature. So it's super important. That's what I love about you is that you're you're constantly facing off with yourself and leaning into your edges. And if we are learning to master our shadows, mm. which is what I think has really been hitting home for me over the last five years, like learning to really be with it without trying to change it, without trying to fix it or clear it, like be with that shit, the nitty gritty stuff, the stuff that makes you like not want to be in your body, right? When it comes to you and it's about you. And if you're able to sit with it and really love it and embrace it and learn to fall in love with yourself, like flaws and all, then you're able to start mastering. You're doing the work to really master your peace. You're really doing the work to accept yourself. And when you drop the resistance, it's like honey for bees because people can tell when it's authentic and real versus when it's curated and edited like they see right through it people are not stupid and we just get to really like peel off those layers and be with ourselves in such a way that we learn to 
master our shadows, really love them in and out and be with ourselves. Because believe it or not, our genius is locked in within our shadows. And so the more we learn to embrace our shadows, the more we learn to love those dark aspects of ourselves, you are then giving your subconscious mind, which is the servant, permission to be fully Mm self-expressed. And then out comes your genius, like a diamond that's being birthed, you know, like, like the Lotus that's, that, um, opens up in muddy territory, right? That's, that's the perfect analogy for our genius. That's in this, you know, shadow. And a lot of people don't like sitting with it. They don't like sitting with their madness, with that aspect of it because society has trained us to only like the parts we like. Right. Mm -hmm. And a young age, we're always being taught to like be better, be different. Mm-hmm. This is how, especially like in our culture, Sigrid, like in, in India, in all these countries, like you'll see billboards of like blonde women, blue eyes. And so you see all these like native children growing up thinking that that's beauty. So we're mm-hmm. constantly being told that the, who we are is but not yeah. enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's super powerful. And a lot landed for me while you were talking about this because it's something that I've actually personally been sitting with a lot. And as you said, and thank you for that acknowledgement as well, I do constantly look at myself and see where do I get to lean into more, um, push my edges. And really that to me is is my duty as an mm-hmm. as a person that wants to lead with integrity. I got to go first. I got to look at it first. And my capacity to lead and hold space for others has expanded because of that. Because once I can see how full of shit I am myself, how many (laughs) things I have to work on myself, like once I can make peace with my shadow and let go of that illusion that I am here to strive for perfection, then I can see other people's shadows and be okay with that. And I can help people see their shadow and know that it is not nasty. It is not something to be ashamed of or feel guilty for. It's, it is, it's just ease. And this to me has been the greatest work I have done and continue to do. As I shared with you before the interview, I've had a big dose of that for the past few days. And it's something that to me, it's super important. So touching on integrity, I love everything that you shared about energy and how we really get to master that and and come from a space of preaching what we're truly truly embodying and I think that a lot of people may feel disencouraged when they hear oh you should only teach or coach the things that you are embodying and one thing I want to share is you're never going to get it perfect so even Mm -hmm. when you are a multimillionaire you still may have thoughts of scarcity at times and that's okay. It's not about perfection. We're not here to be perfect. And like Michelle, you said, we are constantly encouraged or taught since we're very little that nothing is enough, right? So we have this fear that if something isn't perfect, then it's not good enough. And then we're not worthy of sharing it with the world, right? And I say, 
personally, let's not forget that we all just human beings, even those that are at the top and 10x and multi-billionaires mm-hmm. and like best-selling this and best doing that. And we're still humans. At the end of the day, we all poop, we all eat, we all drink, we all go to sleep, we all wake up, we all want to be loved, we all have fears, we all go through it. And I think that demystifying that story that there's like a perfect stage to get to, it's super mm-hmm. important. And in, it helps us feel safe enough to then be in integrity. Because one of the reasons I see a lot of people and a lot of so-called leaders aren't in integrity, it's because they don't feel safe. And you know this, Michelle, mm-hmm. I think we probably talk about it sometime, but there's a hierarchy mm-hmm. on human needs. And the first human need is survival. It's to feel safe, yeah. right? If that need mm-hmm. isn't covered, we can go to the next one, which means that there's a lot of people that are acting out of integrity and editing what they say, how they show up, what they talk about, how they look, just editing, 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 and putting up um, a show that it's not authentic. And in my opinion, it's not. Most of the times it's not because someone sits down and says, I don't care about integrity. I don't give a shit about that. And forget, um, forgive my swearing, but it's, it's more so because people don't realize that they are safe to be authentic that they are safe to be as they are, that they are safe to be vulnerable. And so we have a society or a world full of people that can be a lot or very often out of integrity because they're trying to prove that they're something, that they're good enough. And we see, I know we've spoken about this, Michelle, a lot of times that we see a lot of coaches in the industry that as you well, so well said, preach things that they aren't embodying and talk about things that they're not really working on or sitting with or carrying forward within their lives. So my take on this, and it's something I I really have been reflecting on, is that a lot of people just don't feel safe and feel like they need to prove themselves and they need to get there and be good enough. And I know that in the past, years ago, when I started with this work, I too felt like I had to almost pretend like I always had my shit together. Almost pretend like I knew it at all because that's what the world is encouraging us to do, right? It's like, you gotta go out there and say and and be the teacher and be the leader so that you can be somebody. And the reality is that we all have things to work on. We all have things to learn. And to me, to lead with integrity means to be real about what's going on. Be real about our flaws. Be real about the things that we are working on. Real about the things that we don't yet know. So I love what you shared about really being in the work and sitting with our shadow because as you will say, that's where the genius is and that's where the the magic happens. So thank you so much for starting this conversation because I think it's so powerful. No, it's beautiful. I wanted to just add in terms of the integrity, like what it means to me. For me, integrity just to add to what you said is is really honoring yourself as an extension of God. And so if if mm-hmm. respecting everyone's belief, I believe in God and I believe that there is this divine creator that has created all of this and that is everything and nothing. And if you believe in that, that you're an extension of that, that you're a child of God, as as Christianity puts it, if you're an extension, if you're a way the way that I love to put it, if you're the a wave that is an extension of this ocean, mm-hmm. would the wave 
in any way judge itself or judge the ocean. Because the moment you start judging yourself, then you're judging your creator. And so that's why cultivating a relationship with yourself will start to really have you see how truly magnificent and magical and you are a pure miracle. And the more you tap into that, even your shadows are just beautiful messengers for you to even spread more light once you dig in. I love that. I love, and this is one of the things I, I love, millions of things, but one of the things I love the most and deeply respect about you is really your willingness to constantly show up in integrity. So thank you. And when, when I think about what you just shared, I remember after one ceremony, one of the shamans I was sitting with really, um, went on about talking about the fact that the most spiritual thing we can do, the most conscious, the most evolved, the most transformative, the most whatever you want to put in there, insert Mm -hmm. the word, um, is not meditation, is not plant medicine, is not divine channeling, is not yoga retreats, is not, it's working on self-acceptance. Yeah. Just really get to a point where we can really be okay with the shadow, with the light, with the everything. Just be in a space of self-acceptance. And yeah. that really landed for me. And it's something that I get back to every time my ego tries to tell me a story that I may not be good enough and that there's something I haven't done well enough or just go back to wait. My devotion and my commitment to to being of service and to being in gratitude with spirit, you call it God, I call it spirit, um, mm-hmm. is is to love and accept myself as I am and move forward from that. So I love that. Thank you, Michelle. Beautiful. I know that you've recently experienced something that reminded you of the urgency of life, as you shared with me, and that has created many shifts in your life. And I imagine as a ripple effect will will create transformation in your businesses as well. So can you share more about that with us? Yeah. So, um, I think it's been a month now that, uh, my cousin died and, um, he was our favorite cousin, my favorite cousin. He was young. He was 39 years old. And so we never thought in a million years that he would go so soon. Um, but that has really And it happened right before we went to Burning Man. And so when we went to Burning Man, I would go to the temple almost every morning. I would wake up before you guys were up and I would go there and I would just talk to my cousin. And I would also experience like everyone's catharsis of the writings on the temple and the pictures and people grieving. And I was just so like moved by that, that it really it really anchored in me this urgency to live life now. And I think that we're, we're all at some point, we can get caught up with getting to the destination, getting to that mountaintop, right? For me, it was like sitting under the tree next to Oprah, discussing my book, right? And we become so infatuated with that moment that we start letting we allow the ego to continuously rob us from the present moment mm. because we're so fixated on the goal or 
we're dwelling on past stories, things that we feel incomplete about, um, that we are robbing us from the presence, from being here in this moment. And so what I really took away from this entire experience that I feel is continuously unfolding for me is that life is now. And I would always hear that and we teach that. I know that you share that as well, Sigrid. But you know when something really lands for you and it's like, it just pierces right through you like, oh no, oh shit, life is now. Like there is no tomorrow. There is no yesterday. And so our brains are these amazing computers that can have so many tabs open, right? And the all these tabs are like a trail of where you've been in the past, searching on the web. And sometimes I'll leave tabs on for like weeks and I just keep accumulating because I don't want to close it out because I want to come back to it. Mm. And so imagine like our brain is this like intelligent computer that has all of these open tabs that you're choosing to continuously allow to be open, taking you from the present space, from this present moment. And so seeing my cousin transition at such a young age has really like brought joy to the front and brought really this urgency of like living right now and making this moment count as if I'm under that tree with Oprah right now. Like, can I experience that joy now Mm. versus being fixated and waiting for that moment to arrive for then me to be fully self-expressed in my joy. And I, I called my own bullshit on that because I don't know if I'll get there. I, yeah. That's not guaranteed for me. And I don't know if that's meant to be in the cards and hopefully it is, and maybe it's not. And so why am I robbing myself so much from being here now, which I'm incredibly blessed. Every moment that we wake up, we are truly blessed. Every moment that we wake up and we can hear, see, touch, taste, walk, Mm -hmm. holy shit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you won the lotto, (laughs) right? So I think that we we often take that for granted because we get so fixated with the result. Mm -hmm. And what if we be the result right now with what we have right now? Yes. That's huge, Michelle. That's huge. And I have personally seen such a such a shift in your energy and how you are being and doing life. So it's amazing to to see that and witness that. And one thing I want to expand on that, one thing that I do that helps me start the day from that space every day when I wake up and I open my eyes. The first thing I do, it's a scan. First of all, I give thanks for my life. I breathe and I'm like, oh, I can breathe. Awesome. And then I move my legs and my toes a little bit. And I'm like, yes, I can move. So I'm like constantly being like, thank you for my toes. Thank you for my feet. Thank you for my knees. Thank you for my legs. Thank you for like my organs. Thank you that I can like, and I just go up, 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 up until I get up to my third eye. Right. So I give thanks that I love. Then I give thanks for my family, for my friends, for, um, that the fact that I can dedicate my life to doing something I love and have great abundance through doing so. I mean, you know, just like thanks for so many things. Thanks to the elements, to my ancestors, everyone. And it's something that even when I... And you're here. You're here. Yes. (laughs) And it's something that it takes nothing. It takes like five minutes to do. 
And it just yeah. puts me straight into a mentality or an abundance mindset because my brain is being rewired to look at all the blessings that I have, all the abundance of blessings I have in my life, all the, the fact that I'm winning. So that in itself yeah. only takes five minutes of my time and doing so yeah. changes my entire day. And whenever I don't do it because I wake up in a rush or whatever, it goes straight into my phone the day changes, my energy changes, my mindset changes. So for those of you listening that if you don't have a practice of gratitude in the morning, this is something that to me, it's super powerful and super simple. Doesn't take a lot of time, doesn't take a lot of effort, makes a huge difference. And and don't just do it as a to-do list. Don't like just check things off. Like, no. oh yeah, I'm grateful for it. Like it's not a mental exercise. It's as exercise for you to really be in the state of gratitude, which yes. is a way of being, which is induced through your feelings, your emotions, like the way that you were describing it just now, like you truly felt the gratitude as you were, sorry guys, my dogs, <laughs> but you truly felt the gratitude as you were scanning your body. And so I think it's really important to highlight that. Like, don't just do gratitude, like really be gratitude, feel gratitude, like really presence it. Yes. Powerful distinction. Michelle, as you mentioned, we were together in Burning Man. We had such an awesome time. It was so yes. fun. And um, I love that you got that lesson, that you got that experience from going to the temple and some of the mornings. And since I've seen you so much more self-expressed and I've seen you in, in, in a space mm. of really joy and play mm -hmm. and playfulness since we came back, I'd love to know what was another lesson, like one of those like big life-changing lessons you got out of Burning Man. Wow. I, there were so many moments and so many lessons and it's hard to just pick one because it was so much. Like, I feel like our worlds were like blown wide open. <laughs> really? Definitely. Um, And there were challenging parts, right? Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. just paint it like, oh, you're going to have a blast. No, you, you will have also a contrast, which is just beautiful medicine. And so I think like for me, like learning to honor my own rhythm, because it was like moments where I experienced the FOMO of like wanting to keep up with you guys, because you guys were like professional bicycle <laughs> cycle. I was like, fuck, I can't, I can't keep up my legs. But oh, I feel that honoring my own rhythm allows me to like walk my own path mm. and present the moments that spirit has for me. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was a beautiful moment that I had with myself when I lost you guys one night. Um, but also the radical self-expression mm. and, and the connection. I feel like there was moments that Like I, I've only just begun to scratch that surface. I'm so looking forward to going yes, again, but just I like that, being fully self-expressed and like I had braids, which was so out of my comfort zone and like colored braids, colored mm -hmm. hair extensions. Avatar braids. I loved it. I, I felt like my gem in the hologram slash Rastafari <laughs> mix. It just felt like, oh shit, like, like I loved it. And I was so free in my joy in so many moments and I was just so in tune with whatever was happening for me in those moments that it was just like 
again, cultivating like that sacred connection with myself that then allowed me to like open up my eyes more and see all this beauty, all this creativity, this art, and then connections that like sacred connections with people is just, I'm telling you, it's just so hard to like dissect it into one. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. Well, that has been. What was it for you? I'm curious. Also, the first two that you shared were big for me, honoring my, my own time. So I remember one night um, that I really felt to stay in and sit in a chair and do nothing. And you guys were all going out. And I remember saying to P, I was like, I just, I don't know why, but I just have to sit in this chair. That's all I get to do. And that for me was very confronting because I had the FOMO of like, all my friends are going out and I want to go out and I'm going to miss out and all of that. But my soul was really like, just sit in this chair, just do that. And I actually sat on that chair for like six or seven hours doing nothing, um, which is something that I'm not that great at sometimes. And I sat there and people would come and sit next to me in the other chair and come and talk to me. And within like five minutes, they could be deep in like some life changing experience challenge they were going through. And I would just reflect truth back at them. And we would just have the most beautiful, deep, world changing conversations with humans that I know will go out and, and create big change in the world. And it was just trusting that, that sometimes I don't need to go out there and do the things just by my way of being, I can just sit in a chair and just be. And then the people that are meant to receive my medicine will find me. So this was very huge for me to get out of that mindset of having to push and hustle and go and take. And, you know, that it's so easy to get into when we are in business and entrepreneurship and just really honor that space of my beingness is enough. And by me creating this space to claim what I'm holding then that light will be seen by those who are meant to work with me. And I've been really working on that within my business to just know that I'm just holding this ground and whoever is ready to be transformed and to really level up, they'll find me. So Michelle, there is two more questions I want to ask you. First being where and how can people find you and in what ways can people work with you? Thank you. Um, well, people can find me through my name, Michelle Giovanni, on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, and if you are interested in working with me, just DM me, send me a message or go on my website, which is my name as well, and just see how we can work together. I really encourage people to trust their intuition wherever they're led and trust that your intuition knows exactly what you need. So whether it's with me, whether it's with Sigrid or whoever, like honor that. But it's so important to, especially if you're a coach, and you know how I feel about this, Sigrid, yeah. that if you are a coach, you get to have a coach. I don't care who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you get to have someone holding space for you. Um, so I think it's super important. So if you feel called to work with me, yeah, definitely send me a message and we'll get on the phone and see if we're a match. Awesome. Thank you, love. And lastly, last question of this session. <laughs> In your opinion, what makes leadership sacred? Mm, I love that question. Oh, that's such a juicy one. 
So what makes leadership sacred? I think first and foremost that it begins and ends with you. And letting go of all the need of having the following and the tribe and the followers and all of that shit, putting it aside. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the legacy that you're here to create and leave for others? And by how you live your life, by how you are an example of how you live your life, will be the greatest testimony of what's possible. The story that the great spirits creating through you as you will be the greatest testimony of what's possible for others to either take what serves them in their journey and and go and charge forward in creating their own legacy. But most importantly, like what is the legacy that you're committed to creating? How are you serving? And that it begins and ends with you always. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your magic, your wisdom, your love, your light with us. It's been such a pleasure. And as you know, it's, it always is to speak to you. And I'm very grateful that I get to share all of you with my audience as well. Thank you. Thank you. And I really want to honor you, Sigurd, for who you be in this world. You are such a bridge. I think that the title of this podcast of yours is so perfect for you because of who you are and you are such a bridge for leaders to really step forth and look at their like who they get to be for their world and how they get to face off with all aspects that are in the way of that beautiful divine expression and I think that you are leading that as an example and as source and so I really want to honor you for that and thank you for stepping up and creating this because I know so much magic is going to come through for the for everyone that listens thank you so much I really received that it means a lot thank you love and I look forward to actually chatting with you as soon as we finish this episode <laughs> so thank you for being here thanks mama love you I love you too I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you loved it please be sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts since this really supports our mission of helping as many people as possible to bring conscious leadership forward for the greatest benefit of our world. I truly appreciate your support and contribution. We will be recording many episodes answering directly some of your questions. So head to my website, secretasias.com, if you'd like to send us one. Also, I release free inspirational content every day on Instagram. So if we aren't already connected, be sure to join the tribe there. Thanks again for taking the time of your day to listen to my podcast. And I can't wait to share with you on the next episode. Lots of love. <laughs>